Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I needed someone to understand my ups and downs. There you were. Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian and also host of the Jeff Calkins Show 9-11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, how was your weekend? Uh, it, was, uh, it was a good weekend. Good weekend. Good. Yeah, good. Nothing particularly dramatic. As I reflect upon it, but uh, yeah, good. Happy to arrive at Monday. Rock on. Um, what was on your? Uh, I mean, sports watching. How much sports watching did you do? It was kind of a strange, kind of a strange weekend. We had the uh, the American Century Championship with Steph Curry. I thought I found that actually very entertaining. The celebrity golf a, tournament. A walk off. A walk off eagle is always entertaining. Like, yes. that's good. You know, um, I thought that was good. Wimbledon? I honestly thought Wimbledon was incredibly compelling. The yep. guy got just absolutely demolished in the first set. Didn't look like he belonged uh, on the grass there uh, and rallied to win. And so that was pretty damn spectacular, honestly. And I hadn't watched, I don't know the last time I'd watched much of a Wimbledon final. So that was, that was spectacular. Um, honestly, uh, the, 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 the most impressive thing, and in fairness, I only saw the highlights. The WNBA three-point shooting contest was freaking insane. Did you see what? Uh, was it uh, Sabrina Ionescu? Ionescu. Yeah. 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 She hit, she hit, was it 25 of 27? Or like she hit 20 shots in a row. <laughs> just, and so, no, like it wasn't, there was no, Except for Wimbledon, which was a uh, epic tilt, there weren't a lot of epic tilts. You know, Rory uh, winning the Scottish was fun, and uh, he needed a great shot to do it. Um, but, but, but um, there was plenty of entertainment. And the Grizzlies—I didn't even know they had two games. I'll be honest; I thought they only had one game. I thought it was just Friday against well, the Lakers. Well, it was a concert. It might as well have been one game. We had we had Tarek Baberovic starting in game two, right? Like we had, had we had the, we had, had the backups. Well, but, again. but you yeah. had the backups of the backups of the, backups, the backups playing of the backups. in playing for the for the consolation. I don't even know. Was it? What what place would it have been? Playing for, I got no idea. Yeah, right. I got no idea yeah. what place it was for. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we got to see those who wanted to see Gigi got to see Gigi, uh, and uh, some of the, I think some of the early excitement there has faded just a little bit. Um, to me, what's interesting about the Grizzlies is you can order the. I mean, leaving aside Luke Kennard, you can make an argument for whoever you want between the, uh, the young guys, right? And whether it's, you know, w- whether it's Roddy or LaRavia or Zaire, like any of them, and I can hear it. The, the, the yeah. idea that anything has even been close to set, not even settled. I don't even think anyone has a lead. I just think <laughs> the, 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 those three, uh, let's just wait for training camp because I don't think, you know, whatever. LaRavia had a better summer than Roddy. 
and they both had a better summer than Zaire Williams just because Zaire Williams didn't have a summer. But he was still the higher draft pick. You know, he was the one they're more in, as an as a as an as a right. club they're more invested in. And so, um, I don't see how you could possibly put one ahead of another. But how uh, in, how yeah. how with Jake Laravia? I found myself, especially the last two games, he had 22 points and 20 in the final game, and he had a couple blocks. Uh, he was becoming more well-rounded. I was very encouraged by Jake LaRavia this summer. He had a much uh, – yeah, he had a better summer. Well, first of all, it's interesting. Like, I, I heard you talking about uh, Kenneth Whalem. I mean, Kenneth Whalem. <laughs> Kenneth Whalem. That's another one. Kenneth Lofton Jr. being – that's a different Kenneth. Being the, uh, the star of the show. Leading scorer, leading scorer for this team in the summer. Jake LaRavia. Right. Now, he only shot like 32% from three, I think. Like, he didn't hit a he – he didn't shoot particularly Put well a bunch, from three. Though. But he got off a bunch of shots. Five of his last six games, he scored 15 or more. He got to the line. I thought it was a, a net positive for him. I just – I guess my larger point is, sure, you can say Jake LaRavia had a fundamentally, mildly positive summer, and you can say David Roddy had a mildly – Eh, summer, and you can say Zaire had a uh, you know uh, get healthy summer, but if you have any conviction about why one of them is ahead of another one, or, or uh, I don't see what it's based on. <laughs> you know, well, like, well, well, anyone, me, it's a it's an even toss up between those three. Will anyone, in your opinion, from summer be sort of key to the rotation next year? Like like key. You know, coming off the bench consistently, yeah, what's, what's getting yeah. getting a fair two amount of, of minutes, ten to fifteen minutes a game. Two of them, two of them are going to play. I mean, two of them, like like in the end, the Grizzlies play ten guys, right? <laughs> right. So if if you start with if you say that Kennard starts with the four, the other four who are obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then okay, so Derek Rose, that's five, and let's see who else do we got? We got uh, Xavier, that's six. Uh, we got Santi, that's seven. Um, Health of Brandon Clark will be interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, but not 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 for now. Yeah. Like not for a while. Like, um, who, who else is going to play? <laughs> yes, two of those guys are going to play. Um, um, but between Concha, it maybe changes when when Ja comes back. But right now, between Concha, Zaire, Laravia, and Roddy, I'm not saying they're going to be key. But they're going to get regular minutes. Two of those guys are going to get regular minutes because they play ten guys. Did Kenneth Lofton Jr. earn at least a like a chance, a rotational chance, based on what he did in summer? Uh, no, <laughs> it, no. But, but, but well, because here's, here's the he, he didn't earn he didn't earn. I don't think there's anything he could have done to uh, to to surpass Santi. Uh, or Xavier, right. right? Like those two are going to be, and and then you've got so you've got Stephen Adams, and you've got Jaron, and you got those two. That's four, and and that's the way it will start. Now, they will get hurt, like they they always do, right? <laughs> People always get hurt, and so then he will get minutes. But did he quote unquote earn minutes in the sense of he's going to be one of the top four bigs, and only four bigs are going to get regular minutes right off? Like yep. start if everyone's healthy, game one, is he going to get minutes? No, are substantial minutes. No, but mighty in game four, or in back to backs, or once someone sprains an ankle, yes, he will get. He not only might get minutes, he will get minutes, and so um, he very clearly will get minutes this year. 
we just don't know when yet. And, um, and it won't be at least to start the year. I can't imagine it'll be, uh, it'll be ahead of the, any of the other four bigs. Can you? No, I, I, I can't, but here's the thing. Like he's just, he's so talented offensively. You wonder, you know, the Grizzlies sign him to an active roster spot. He's going to be on the active roster. You're not going to really have the two way situation going on right now. So, um, you sort of wonder if they'll try to just see if they can make it work early in the season. You're going to have 25 games to sort of play with the rotation. I wonder. Oh, yeah. oh, I wonder yeah, how much how much he gets involved in those first 25 games with the amount of of sort of uh, pieces they're going to ma- not have, if you will. Not having John, the lineup's going to be interesting. You're going to have guys miss games here and there. You wonder if they try to make it work to a certain extent with Kenneth Lofton Jr., considering they did sign him to four, a four year contract. I think he will certainly have opportunities. I think there's no question he will have opportunities. I just don't think those opportunities will come before any of the other four bigs have their opportunities. And yep. so, um, but yes, he will get opportunities. And I thought, honestly, I thought it was a, uh, a positive summer for him, not because he put up numbers, because we knew he could put up numbers, but because he shot 44% from three, yep. showed he can hit the trailer, the trailing three, that's, that's good. That's something that he can do that that, uh, you know, Brandon Clark doesn't, for example, you know, so that was good. And then, although he had more turnovers than assists, most of those came in that one game where he had seven. And I thought he showed like he could be a playmaker too. Like he could, he could, he could be useful in that playmaking role. Um, he's got some field beyond just scoring. He can, you know, he can play a little of that Steven Adams role of distributing the ball. So I thought it was a good summer for him. Good summer. Fundamentally good summer for Jake. Yep. David Roddy had a good last game, but wasn't. Well. But it's also possible that, that, that I've heard this said about David Roddy, and it makes some sense, that he is not at his best when the ball is in his hands and he's asked to create. Right? I agree like with he was, that. He was in the summer league. He was playing a role that he won't play in real NBA games, and at least now. And so – so if he didn't look like he was the one who we maybe expected to look best because he was the one who got regular minutes last year, but maybe the reason he didn't was because the regular minutes that he got last year were very clearly in this subscribed, this circumcised sort of energy role. And, you know, that he was, he was obviously playing a very different role um, in summer league, and so probably good for him to do that, but that doesn't show him at his best. Now, I, I would, Kenneth Lofton Jr., Jake Laravia, David Roddy were on the forefront. Well, it's somebody that really did catch my eye, though, Vince Williams Jr. He only played four games, but he's four and zero in those games. He, I think ultimately, looking at him, I have a lot of positive things to say about him. He just he plays both ends of the floor. He plays hard, and I, I mean, I I don't know what their plans are going into next year, the year after that with Vince Williams. They're gonna have to make a decision after next year. But are you as intrigued by him as I am? Yeah, I think the way Chris Harrington was described is if if it hadn't been for the injury, is he the one we would have come out of summer league saying, "Hey, that's the guy who blew up this summer," you know? Um, because it really wasn't someone. There was no Santi Aldama this summer. Yep. It was like, "Whoa, look at that!" But you can make an argument that he was on track to, and then he comes back and he gets eleven of eleven, eleven and eleven in his last game Friday. Um, yeah, he, he he fills up the stat sheet. He shot the ball well. Um, he'll obviously be on the two-way. But here's the other thing. They're not – like, this year isn't the only year. Like, they're, right. they're going to I ultimately – they're going to make deals. They're going to make choices. They're going to – and, yes, I think, in addition to the three guys who we always think about, 
in the wing and, you know, and, and the rotation. I think he's another guy who hundred um, percent looks like a good second round draft pick. Talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins, columnist of Daily Memphis and also Jeff Calkins show nine to 11. Uh, what do you make of DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans? I have been even through the process. I have been uh, skeptical about the reasons they would make it, but they signed him $13 million a year and it could be $16 million a year. If he meets his incentives, do you like DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans? Well, two things. One is, as a Bills fan, I much prefer it than DeAndre Hopkins to the Patriots. So that's my first uh, thought okay. there. Much prefer to that. Yeah. I was listening to your thoughts on it, and like you, you're not impressed. I, to me, it sounded like, correct me if I'm wrong, your objection is more about, it's less about DeAndre Hopkins and more, than, than their overall big picture correct. decision to try to be it, competitive. It's, like, it's more about end, where the franchise is at right. than DeAndre as a talent. But here's the thing. They had already decided they were going to be competitive. Like they, they, I think it would make total sense for the Titans to say, the run is over. We're going to rebuild. You know, this is, it's, it, there comes a time in every franchise when you have to, uh, you know, realize that you're not going to try to scrape and whatever, get into the wild card game. And this is the year you're going to suck and it's okay. They already decided they weren't doing that, you know? I mean, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. They got Derrick Henry back. They got Ryan Tannehill back. They got, you know, they're not – and they have a head coach who's not, just not – he's not disposed to do that. Like, that's just not the way he's wired yep. to, to, to be. And so I hear your objection to the big picture. Like, what's the point of this? <laughs> you know, yeah. does anyone think they're a legitimate contender? No. Um, so, but given, I guess I would say, given that they had made this decision to try to be competitive, what does it cost them to have DeAndre Hopkins? And it does make them at least more interesting. 26 like, million it, over the next two years. That's what it costs them. Yeah. But right? I, I don't even know. Like is, is money. I haven't looked at their cap situation. Is money. Particularly, no, it's not. It's not tight, I, I don't tight. think it's, I don't think they have cap challenges. It's not like they're, you know, yeah. so yes, it costs them money. And so in that sense, but it doesn't. I don't think it cost them an opportunity to do anything else that they wanted to do. And, and if you are trying to talk yourself into, all right, we're going to try to win games and be competitive because who knows if Jacksonville's for real. They did it one year, but can they do it again? And, you know, our defense is stouter than people think and, like, whatever. If, that's, if you're trying to talk yourself into that, to me this makes sense. At least, okay, well, now – you know, now you got this young receiver who can slot in as the number two instead of the number one. Um, I, 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 you know, they they weren't they weren't they were already had decided they weren't rebuilding. And given that they aren't rebuilding, I think DeAndre Hopkins, when he played last year, um, he was he was pretty good. Yeah, you know, he, no, he was. He was. I, but it, like, I think by your tone, I think you kind of. Uh, it, with the direction of the Titans, you kind of agree with my, my oh, thought 100%. process. 100%. It's just straight. Like it reminds me of the St. Louis Cardinals where it's just like. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You do enough to try to win a few games and see if you can make it in the playoffs, but no one's ever going to consider you a, a Super Bowl contender and in the, uh, the Cardinals since a World Series contender. It's just you're, you're doing things to no. keep your fans interested. I guess there's something to be said about that. They're doing things to – well, let, but here's the problem. They already – they weren't going to be bad enough to, you know, be, be one of the worst three or four teams in the league. It's a good year for quarterbacks, honestly, in the draft. So yep. if you want to – listen, you want to play Malik Willis this year and just, you know, go ahead and let's do that. Well, you know, let's, yeah. go, let's go get us one of the best quarterbacks in the draft this year. But they had already decided they weren't going to do that. So – um so, so this is this is what they're doing, and no, it's not it's not great fun. It's it's like at the end of the Grizzlies run, the Marc Gasol, you know, Tony Allen, like that that core four run when we all knew it was kind of over. But you're holding and they on to it a little bit. They had to decide it was over, you know, yeah. and they had to decide it was over, and then they finally did. And there will come a time after this year, it feels like, when they will decide that this is over. But uh, as LeBron James said, this is not that time. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Quote LeBron. Nice. Um, but I, I also think with the with the Titans, like you look at Ryan Tannehill, they want to move on from him. Clearly, that you drafted two quarterbacks the past two years um, to to maybe develop and, and take his spot. I don't know if either of those quarterbacks are ever going to get to t- to Ryan Tannehill level. Like I, I really don't. I don't know if either of them are, are, are even really have the ceiling to be better than Ryan Tannehill at the given moment. Will Levis, we haven't seen enough from Malik Willis last year. That I mean, he couldn't throw the ball. Never had a hundred no. yard game. Like I, I am, I am concerned about that franchise in the future. This is this well, is this is to me, to me, this is a band aid on a bullet wound. It is a hundred percent. It's a, it is a, uh, it's a. You know, they're just chugging along, and they're this might make them chug just a little, you know, smidge faster. I think I saw that according to one sports book or whatever, they had a 31% chance of making the playoffs, which seemed high to me before this. And now it's gone up to 37%. Eh, you know, something like that. Like I, this does make them a better team. You do admit that. Yes. They had a and need that, for a pass catcher. They got a pass right. catcher. I get that. And, and the only, the only the point of dispute with you is, is that, you don't think they should be trying to be a better team? No, I don't. This year, I don't right. think it fit. I don't think it fits anything that that you should. I don't know if it's a good use of of cap money at this moment. Now, granted, they're not like struggling in that department, but I just don't know if it's a, it's a good use of your uh, of of 
the money you have sort you know, of left well, over. The truth of the matter is, if I was were a Titans fan, and I'm not, uh, fine. I I, I, uh, I don't wish them ill any longer, like I once did. But but I'm not a, really a Titans fan. If I were a Titans fan, I would be happy about this because um, they had already decided to, to be try to be competitive. And so, given that they tried to be competitive, why don't I have a slightly more entertaining year than a slightly less entertaining? Let's let's yeah. see if they can hang no, in there and be competitive. And I would have probably preferred that they move on from Derrick Henry, move on from Ryan Tannehill, like but move on. And they, but they didn't. And so, given that they didn't, um, you know, this is this is where they are. And you know, just because every other old receiver they've ever gotten has stunk uh, once he got there has has proven to be. You know, <laughs> they have stunk, material. by the way. Yeah, right. They Including, by the way, you also a lesser lesser profile, but also not great. Robert Woods, yes, is another one who they got. You know, I mean the. Um, just because they all have doesn't mean they, you know, I, I think he'll be a credible, credible threat uh, target for, for Tannehill. And, um, and, and it does help that the division is not great. Yeah. You know, it does help, but that's the other reason it would have been harder to tank in that division just because um, no one's any good really, no besides the good. Jags. I mean, Jags could be good, good, but yeah, but, but, you know, no one else is any good. So it's and, it would you're gonna you're gonna win some games by accident in that division. I mean, it, what's Anthony? I don't know what the Anthony Richardson adventure is going to be like, but it's going to be an adventure, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of L's um, associated with him. And if you're a better, you just get a better number on uh, you get a better number on the Jags to win the division, right? <laughs> that's, sort of, that's, sort of, right. that's sort of where you can end with this. Talking with Jeff Calkins at Jeff underscore Calkins. Also in the NFL. Running backs do not get paid. There's just no value in that position anymore. I, it, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, um, and Josh Maybe. Jacobs, we get past the deadline today to get a long-term deal done, and none of them get a deal done. The last deal that was done for over $10 million a year for a running back was, I think, 700-plus days ago when Nick Chubb got his money from the Browns. I mean, running backs in the NFL, I almost I feel McCaffrey, bad. When did McCaffrey get his money? Uh, that would have been a while ago. That would have been when he was still was with the Panthers. A while ago. Yeah, he was still with the Panthers. Oh, really? Was with the Panthers. Yeah, so it does not pay to be a running back in the NFL anymore. And I, 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 I am always going to be on the running back side. I'm team running back. But these guys take a beating, and seemingly by the time they get it comes around for them to get a, a, a second contract, to get to that second contract, they're not getting paid anymore. That's a frustrating feeling for those guys. It must be incredibly frustrating. I mean, you you're you're just considered totally disposable, and and it's not it's not just that. I mean, there are really a couple issues here. One is that people assume, and and, and I heard you talking about this earlier. People assume that if you have a great year, that you're not going to have that. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Where that's that's not the normally the way it works in sports, right? You don't just because you have a great year. Aaron Judge got paid even though he just had a great year. People don't assume that you're never going to do it again. Whereas running backs, given the beating, they assume that. But then the, the other problem is people don't think running backs have much to do with winning. Yep. <laughs> right. Like even when they're good. They don't seem to like, like we can see the correlation between superb quarterback play and winning. Uh, we can see the honestly the correlation between superb receivers and winning. But do we see the correlation between putting up big running, you know, big big rushing numbers and winning? 
No. And so even at their best, it's considered. Right. Eh, you should even at their best. It's like, well, you should be passing the ball anyway. That's the better way to get down the field. Yes. But here's the thing. It's like, yeah, you, they're disposable in the, in the minds of front offices. But I think there's different levels of disposability, right? Like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley were both unbelievingly meaningful to the wins that their teams got yes, last year. But they, they versus were like Dalvin Cook, I think Alexander Madison filled in well, and I, I don't doubt that he could be a relatively effective with Dalvin Cook now elsewhere. But here's the thing: Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, they were awesome. Team stunk. Like, well, they, well the Giants were better you? last year. Giant, you? Giants you know, were better, and they won a they won a they won a playoff yeah. game last year. So the Giants they, they, maybe they not were, as much. They were okay. They were they, yes, they were totally, but they were media. I mean, if you're complaining about the Titans, like where does it get you? Like where, where does having a great running back get you? Um, it doesn't seem to get you anywhere. And like I'm I'm rooting for. So we had two teams that I think two that drafted. Top running 15, back, which was crazy. Top Fifteen, which was I'm rooting for them both. Like I want Detroit to be right, and I want Atlanta to be right. Because I, 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 I sort of object to all the nerds. And mind you, I'm a nerd <laughs> myself, so I, I speak affectionately, dumping on these teams as idiots for drafting these running backs so high. Like they know everything and they know better, right? So I am rooting for both of those franchises and both of those running backs, but. I think the nerds are probably right. <laughs> like, yeah. even if they're let, great, are they really? Where are they going to get you? Like, where are they going to get you? Let me ask you this about your hometown, or your your team, right? The Bills. Where would they have been though the past few years with a good running back and a good run game, in a, in a you, substantially you, better spot? Yes, but you can argue that the real problem wasn't the running back; that the real problem was the offensive line. Yeah, you but know, they've invested that in that as well, and it hadn't worked. Out. Was, yeah, they, they went out. Well, what they? It's interesting because what they did this year was they went out and did they get another great running back? No, they didn't. <laughs> what they did was they went out and got offensive linemen. Like they saw they had a mediocre, sub-mediocre, lousy rushing attack. And so what did they do? Did they say, wow, we're going to go make a play for, you saw stories like that. Maybe the Bills would be interested in Saquon Barkley or something. No, they didn't, or Josh, whatever. they didn't do that. They went out. And they signed Connor McGovern from <laughs> Dallas as a guard, and they uh, drafted another guard from Florida. And yep. they said the way to fix your running game is to have a better offensive line, which should appeal to you of all people. No, it does. It does. I just still think they they have missed the mark when it comes to trying to get an every down reasonable running back because they're running Josh Allen too much, and that's well, going to that takes are. that takes and time off his career. Here's the other fallacy too. People say all the time, and I, I'm coming over to your side here for a minute. Uh, people say all the time, like, well, you can get a running back in the fourth or fifth round. You can, but just because you draft a running back in the fourth or fifth round or third round doesn't mean you're going to get one. Like the Bills have, in fact, um, the last few years drafted they draft, James Cook is a running back that they picked in the second or third round, a Devin Singletary they picked, you know, whatever. They picked the guy from Utah State whose name now escapes me who's in, at Baltimore in, this, in the second or third or fourth. Like, they keep trying to find these, oh, great value running backs, and there are those great value running backs. But every running back drafted in the sixth round is not going to be awesome, you know, and the Bills have just kept trying and trying and trying and not invested premium number one, you know, first-round picks in them, and so they, they've had what they've had. 
Um, and you're right, it takes a beating on on Josh Allen. Yeah, and well, they the, the Bills and their current they've they've stopped drafting. They just went free agent wild with all the running backs for low contracts, right? The Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, Naeem Hines, if I'm not mistaken. All those yeah. guys at the running yeah, back position this offseason. All journeymen, all kind of journeymen. But Cook is supposed to be the starter this year. Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be the starter. But the committee, you know, all that. They clearly don't care about running backs. Here's the other thing. I mean, there's certain positions people don't care about. Don't care about running backs. Don't care about linebackers, right? Same thing. You don't pay a linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds, that's yep. the one who they let go. And – you know, the other, the other position, it's funny because when they're elite, they're incredibly impactful, but the other position that doesn't get paid, tight ends. Tight ends do not get paid. Uh, yeah, it depends. Look at the number, yeah. the franchise number for tight ends. Um, it's Travis it's Kelsey kind of, I think, hurt the market by not taking a massive contract, too, to a certain extent. I don't, I'm, I don't he, know what he, his he, deal he, was, It wasn't but, big. It wasn't big. He's like, he's he, – Try to let them cut some corners so they could sign other guys. But I think that sort of hurt their value. Um, now, last thing for you, Jeff, I just want to get your quick thoughts on this. Greg Sankey at SEC Media Day says the co- that Congress needs to enact national uh, standard for name, image, and likeness. I, uh, I, bu- I both understand his thought process but despise it at the same time. I, I think that Congress is the only one that can get uniformity, ultimately, with all states doing different things, all institutions doing different things. But – I, I just have a problem with waiting on Congress to do anything. I just think that it, it, it will well, not be in a timely is, manner. There is the problem with this. First of all, it's like he's been saying this. He, he literally went to Washington and said this recently. So um, he was just reiterating what he has said, which is save us, Congress, you know, basically. Yes. Um, and I have no sympathy for them because they – delayed and delayed and delayed and did nothing and nothing and nothing until they were forced to by the courts. And now they have this, uh, this situation on their hands in, in, in fairness to them, there is nothing they can do except, um, sure. If they want to declare the players to be employees and have unions and whatever else, then they could, they could do this beyond that. There's nothing they can do. And so they are kind of helpless. And I understand why they're asking Congress to save them. I think Congress probably has bigger fish to fry. Yes. Um, and so I don't expect it. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's anything going to be happening anytime soon, um, particularly because, you know, depending on where you live, if you're a whatever, if you're a, you know, if you're a congressperson from Texas, maybe you kind of like the fact that that, you know, it's the Wild West and Texas can, you know, and and our standards are lower or our, our rules are more wide open than anyone else. So I don't know. I don't know what the incentives here are necessarily for um, senators, representatives to, to do much. But I also know that it's not it's a, it's a big priority for Greg Sankey, but it, I don't feel like it's a big priority for America. Yep. No, I agree. I completely agree. Well, Jeff, appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you again. Yes, sir. That's Jeff Calkins, columnist of the Daily Memphian, also host of the Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11, right here on 92.9 FM ESPN on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Calkins. Now, we'll go ahead and get to a break. We have more of the Gabe Coon Show still to come right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. 
Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Just had an interesting conversation with Jeff Calkins. We'll have it later in the show once we get to the Blitz about the valuation of running backs in the NFL right now. Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titan, guy who has a contract, guy who has the money in his corner, has spoken up on the situation not too long ago, about 30 minutes ago. He says at this point, just take the running back position out of the game then. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Tony Pollard ended up retweeting that. I don't disagree. I mean, you just look at the you look at the history and where we've gone with the running back position. It's got to be stressful, annoying. You don't know what your future holds if you're running back in the NFL anymore. Uh, I mean, this offseason, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones took a pay cut. Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette all got cut. You had Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard on a tag. Austin Eckler asked for more money, didn't get it. And then Kareem Hunt still hasn't been signed by a team. (laughs) I mean, all of these guys that have been mainstays in backfields for multiple teams are out out in the cold right now. It's a cold world even when it's hot outside. No question about it. Now, uh, over the weekend, we did have some NBA news. Um, the Suns are I, – I, I can't say um, I'm in favor with what they're doing. They're making some strange moves, but they offload campaign. They bring in Bull Bull over the weekend. And now there's reports coming out that their plan going into next season, Connor Dunning, is for Bradley Beal to run point. I find that very strange. I don't I, – he's never done that in his career, one. Yes, is he a high-usage guy that can distribute the ball when he wants to? Sure. But not having any natural point guard on that team with three unbelievable scorers that you can set up seems very strange and foolhardy at best. I I, I don't quite get that. You have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal who are best off ball trying to go get the ball and make something happen. Not necessarily the best at getting their teammates involved all the time. And you don't have a natural point guard with that. Like this roster, I understand the upside offensively it has. I think that upside would be maximized by having a natural point guard on the roster. They don't have that. And they're running Bradley Beal out there to try to do the James Harden thing. Remember, James Harden switched over uh, once he became a rocket and became an on-ball point guard consistently. I guess they're trying to do that with Bradley Beal later in his career. Yeah, it's um, curious. I don't really understand what they are doing. I guess they think the talent of those quote-unquote big four that they have is just going to blow people out of the water, but I still contend that um, you need at least seven to eight guys to get it done, and after that four, it just kind of drops off the table. I do like their signings from the offseason. They're not terrible, but they're also not very good. They signed Jordan Goodwin, who could potentially run point guard for them, but when you look at their roster, that's a man, reserve, though. Jordan Goodwin, right? A reserve. He's man, he's, like, he's a, it's one of those moves once again where you know some of the people out there have been being a PR firm for the Suns, where it's like Yuta Watanabe, yeah, really good signing, not when he's your seventh guy. Like it's it's things like that are going to eventually bite this team in the butt. And Bradley Beal, do you know what his usage rate in Washington was? How high? Thirty four percent. See, that's not that's not on ball point guard. Thirty four percent usage rate. 
that he does not know how to do this. Yes, he averaged 5.4 assists last season. I understand that. He does not know and how it, to and run And it's strange that the reports are around Bradley Beal taking that role and, and not, not Devin about Booker. Devin Booker. Devin Booker's the guy who can go get you double-digit yes. assists in any given game. Hell, I've seen Kevin Durant do it at a higher level at times during his career than Bradley Beal. Those times with the Nets where Kevin Durant was the only superstar in the playoffs, he had to go make it happen, get the triple-double type numbers using his assists. I've seen him do that. In the post- Devin Booker is the obvious choice. If yes. you're going to go point guardless, he's the guy. Ball in his hands consistently, setting everybody up. 100% agree. He averaged seven assists in the playoffs last year. He was phenomenal throughout the entire postseason. It doesn't make any sense to me. If if you're going to do this, you give Devin Booker the ball and let him do it. Man. I just don't see any way how Bradley Beal could turn into a James Harden-type guy. It just That doesn't make any sense to me. And then on top of that, you're talking about how you have you know Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, who play so well off-ball, and they're catch-and-shooter guys, and they need things set up for them. You also have a center that relies on pick and roll. Yes. You have a center that relies the cutting into the basket for people creating for him. DeAndre Ayton is worthless if you don't have anybody creating for him because he cannot do it himself. I don't understand what their moves are. I don't. Bol Bol's a fine player. Doesn't make any sense on this team. They already got bigs. It's it's very weird that they're like, what do we need? Point guard? Let's go get another big. I just I don't get it. Campaign, is he the best point guard in the world? No. Is he serviceable that could get it done in he that starting five? He started games, and at times that was a— ve- He could have gotten it done. Before the KD trade and everything else, campaign starting on that team, it wasn't— it was a drop-off, no question from Chris Paul, but it wasn't some <laughs> substantial, <laughs> ridiculous drop-off that you would think. Campaign can play point guard for you if 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 it if that's what it calls for. And it is kind of interesting. You mentioned the PR behind this. It is strange. It's been nasty. It's strange it's been nasty, to see dude. Shams go at and talk about, oh, well, everybody shoots over 35% from three. And then, like, you see Bleacher Report posting Bull Bull next to the big three that they have in Bradley Beal and KD and Devin Booker. What, Bull Bull, what is he going to provide for an actual winning team? He's played for the Magic, and he had, what, nine points is he gonna a actually game play? last year? He started 33 games, I believe, 33, 34, 35, something like that, Bull Bull did. I, I don't get offloading a guy like Campaign to go get some seven foot two big shot twenty three year old, and I Bull Bull. Uh, there's some injury history there, and I, there's some questions. To, just to be completely frank about his real want to to become a star and a starting player in the NBA. Why would you bring that in? What was the point? I guess you don't have Jock Landale. You want to try to strengthen your front court, but. You need some some guy to set up this this big three you have. Listen, he's and only- Bradley Beal is not that guy. Bradley Beal is not the guy that should have the ball in his hands consistently, trying to set up offense. He is a he's a playmaker and a scorer. That's what he does best. And I think all those guys that's, that's what they do best. But Devin Booker's the best to take over that role for that particular team. I don't have hate Bull Bull by any means. He had a good season last year for the Orlando Magic, but at the end of the day, he doesn't impact winning. He just doesn't. He's not that type of guy. He's not very good defensively. You can't play him, play him against first units. He's going to get eaten up down there. He can't shoot. What, what's the he point can, of I just I don't understand the point He has the, the ability to shoot. It just hasn't no, really come he to shot fruition. 20, he, he, is, he shoots 29% from three but they, first you know, But that was yeah. sort of the thought process it's of like, the, the type of player he is, right? And it, it, it hasn't. It hasn't That's just not that what way. he is. It's it's when you look at their team, it's so confusing because they have four truly great guys. Like Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant. They are very, very good players. Like excellent players. Kevin Durant is arguably the best offensive weapon we have ever seen. DeAndre Ayton, excellent big man. Excellent big man. Everything else you have to talk yourself into. 
Yep. Literally everything else you have to talk yourself into on that team. I would rather see Eric Gordon run the point guard than Bradley Beal. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Beal just, the amount I, of pull-up 38-foot threes that would come out of Eric Gordon's hand would be fun. And they're not going to come out of Bradley Beal's? <laughs> I don't. I want Bradley Beal taking those shots over Eric Gordon, but hey. I like Bradley Beal. Again, I just think this is a flawed, top-heavy roster, and it that's does where not we, make sense. It's a flawed, top-heavy roster. Does that mean that they're not going to be at the top of the Western Conference? No, but I have to see how this comes together before I start crowning them. I understand the talent they possess. There's no doubt that they have three of the best scorers on the planet on the same team. But what defensively are they going to be? What? are they going to do in setting up their offensive sets with Bradley Beal with the ball in his hands? It's just, it's it's confusing. It's confusing. You get your big three, but the whole team around it, the team building process seems to be missing Matt Ishbia and this sort of new regime they're moving into. I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm not sure they're better than they were last year. I'm, well, just, I'm just not. Again, I I do, I have said this, and I could be proven wrong as we get into the next season. I thought that the team they went to the finals with, pre-Kevin Durant trade, I think that team's better than they are today. I agree. And they had more defense. They had better depth pieces. I agree. Another big part of that discussion is that team was also set up to make a run for the future. Yes. That was a young core young. that they could have kept together. They clearly, Ishbia is willing picks. to spend the money. They had, they picks, had the picks. The they had the players. And they threw it all away. For a championship window that's going to last maybe two years, maybe three. And they if bet, one of these guys is, gets this, hurt, this it's is, a wrap. This is kind of that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets thing. Capitalize while you can or it's going to be considered a failure long term. That's that's the truth of it. Now, we have to go ahead and get to small talk. We'll do that next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. We're almost to Connor Dunning's review of Mission Impossible, but before that, I have to tell you why Robert Irwin Jewelers is the number one place to buy a diamond engagement ring. You get more choices, natural diamond, lab-grown diamond. They have a great selection of both. They can make your custom uh, engagement ring risk-free and easy. You can have it your way. Uh, you have multiple mountings. You have multiple diamonds you can choose. Uh, you can make sure that you can choose from yellow, white, rose, gold, as far as the band is concerned. If you can dream it, Robert Irwin Jewelers can make it. When it comes to giving them a picture, making a drawing, they can do that. And Robert Irwin Jewelers, you've been trusting them for a long time, since 1977. Four decades of experience in the jewelry business. Robert Irwin Jewelers has become a trusted name known for providing timeless treasures for generations of families. And right now, during the summer of a 1,000 engagement sale, ask her now and pay later. 24-month deferred interest, take up to 60 months to pay at a low APR. And for a limited time, save up to 40% off ready-to-wear diamond engagement rings. If you're already married, already have an engagement ring, want to upgrade it, Robert Irwin Jewelers can help you do that too. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices, Robert Irwin Jewelers. You can go to six different locations or go to online, rijewelers.com. All right, it's time for small talk, and let's get into uh, the Connor Dunning new feud. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. I have to say, I haven't seen it yet, but I know this movie slaps. This movie's fantastic. I mean, it's it's great. Nonstop action. I've been seeing reviews come out. I want to hear Connors. Let's hear Connors. It absolutely ripped. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> so it is pound for pound. The Mission Impossible series has become maybe the most consistent 
and best action franchise we have ever gotten. When you just look at the movie to movie, we only fair. have one real miss, and that's Mission Impossible 2, and some people still find some things in it. But I think that this Mission Impossible, it's very much a part one, and you do feel that a little bit in the movie. There are some sequences that you can feel are extended or that they're holding back because they want that character or that storyline to continue in part two. However, there are three legitimately amazing set pieces in this movie. This one is also a little bit more slapstick comedy than the other ones are. They're allowing Tom Cruise to do something a little bit different. This one's the most emotional, I think, of all of the Mission Impossibles. There is a monologue specifically with Tom Cruise when he's talking to Ving Rhames, and they're talking to Haley Atwell, who was, I cannot cannot hit on this enough. The women in this movie are not only drop-dead gorgeous, maybe the, the most attractive four women ever assembled <laughs> right. in the movie. Haley right. Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, and Palm Clementif, who you would know from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, she plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. She, she stole the movie. She stole the movie playing Paris. Um, but Haley Atwell was an amazing addition. Rebecca Ferguson, as always, as Ilsa Faust, was the emotional component to Ethan Hunt that you need in those movies. The biggest thing I want to say, though, about these Mission Impossible movies is... You know, the set pieces are unbelievable. The fact that he's doing them in real life, it when you're watching it, you can't really believe that Tom Cruise is jumping off a mountain on a motorcycle yep. until there's a shot of him falling and you see the wind in his face and you're like, oh my oh, God, this really is real. Yeah. All this being said, though, the real MVP of this movie specifically, and I think really the entire Mission Impossible franchise, is Ving Rhames. We do not talk about enough how much Ving Rhames, how important he is to this franchise. He once again crushes it. Everyone in this movie was throwing 100 miles an hour. I can't say a lot about it because there are some fun cameos. There are some fun things that tie it back to the first movie. This one has the DNA of Mission Impossible 1 in it, the most I think of any of them. Uh, There were some overt homages to Brian De Palma in the film that really, really work. And it's just it's it's one of the best times you can have in a movie. If you want to compare it to something that just came out, it kind of blows the new Indiana, Indiana it, Jones out of the water. In, into the top five of Tom Cruise movies? No, it's no, not. Okay. No, because I, I you don't I, want to be a prisoner. Of the it's moment. not. not yeah. It's not my favorite Mission Impossible movie for me. Rogue Nation still my favorite. Fallout's number two. This one has an argument for number three, though. I think it's going to depend okay. on how it lands in part two, but. I cannot recommend enough going to see Mission Impossible, then go see Barbie, then go see Oppenheimer, then go see Across the Spider-Verse again. Rock on. Well, we have an eclectic taste right here on the Gabe Coon Show. We give you movie reviews, and then we also get you out to SEC Media Days. We have boots on the ground in Nashville. Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South is going to take us through the day next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Summer's here and Gossip Kia on the Pike has the hottest deals you'll find anywhere in the Mid-South. Hit the highway with 41 MPG Highway 2023 Kia Forte LXS. $259 a month, $27.99 due at signing. 2023 Sportage LX 308 a month, $34.99 due at signing. And 2023 World Performance Car 2023 Three Kia EV6 Wind, EPA estimated range 310 miles, 499 a month, 49.99 due at signing. All 36 month leases plus Kia's 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. Ask for Bobby J, he's ready to put you in a new Kia today. Gossip Kia 1900 Covington Pike or online KiaCovingtonPike.com. If you want it, we got it and got it more. All 650 acquisition fee, 30,000 miles, 20 cents excess mileage, Forte PE641916, MSRP21910, Sportage P718287, MSRP28185, EV6 P510573, MSRP49965, includes all rebates and incentives, must finance through Hyundai, excludes tax title and license with approved credit, see dealer for complete details, offer valid through 731.23, dealer stock only warranties, a limited powertrain warranty, see Kia.com or retailer for details. 
The legend of Zaxby's hand-breaded chicken. The fire of roasted corn. The crunch of tortilla strips. The kick of Southwest Ranch. That's right, y'all. You better T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.